the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the final hour of the final show this year here on 98.9 and 94.5. And we do not want to send you into 2023 without a final visit from our friend Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. Matt's Twitter is at OhioMatt. And Matt's past in Homeland Security with the Bush administration is going to be very valuable to us today as we talk about things that are coming out in the latest iteration of the Twitter files. But, Matt, I want to start with mining your experience in uh, government for this omnibus spending bill. And it's odd to me that this always seems like a hair on fire, got to do it now, or the government will shut down, end of the year kind of thing. Why is it this way, and and does it have to be this way? Well, it obviously doesn't have to be this way if the committees would go back to doing the typical budgetary process, which they've stopped doing and they've stopped doing it years ago. Uh, so th- so we now do through these continuing resolutions, through these omnibus bills. And so what used to happen, Bruce, is each department would have to go through its budget, through its committee, and then at the, you know, you'd pass each department's budget, right? Well, now we do this omnibus thing which then creates some of the Christmas tree, and since it's holiday time, we can say that, that gets everything gets thrown into it. So we start, throw, so everybody gets their pet projects. We've got tons of pork in there. And, you know, we're dealing with inflation, and they want to pass a $1.7 trillion bill that's over 4,000 pages that's going to be voted on within 40 hours, which means nobody can read what's in that thing. So, so it's, it's another Nancy Pelosi. We'll figure out once we get it passed. Yeah, and it's a lot of the stuff in there that we do find out about uh, looks out of whack. $45 billion for Ukraine, only a little less than $17 billion for Customs and Border Protection, and we've got the whole border thing looming. What do you think shakes out with the border? The Biden administration acts like they want to solve it. It seems to me like they don't want to solve it, and they're pretending it's a problem, but I don't really think it is a problem from their perspective. Yeah, they don't want to solve it. I mean, let's be let's be clear, right? That the Democrats want an open border that brings in as many what, what they deem to be voters for their party. That that is all that this is about, right? And so, so they don't want to solve it. And and here's what's so, so frustrating is that we've got Mitch McConnell, who you may recall a couple of years ago refused to give Donald Trump five billion for the southern border wall. Yeah, but we're going to give forty five billion to Ukraine. Right now, keep in mind. With this $45 billion, we'll have spent, the U.S. will have spent twice as much in Ukraine as all of the EU combined. And all I sit here and think as a, an American taxpayer about Main Street Joe and Jane Ohioan who are trying to make, you know, pay their bills are dealing with inflation and interest rates and all this stuff. Wait a minute. How much is the EU giving America for its southern border? How much are they helping us with a problem that's right next to our right country? Well, but but we're double funding compared to EU their problem. This is a European problem. This is a European issue that they need to solve, and they don't want to solve it because they know we're going to go ahead and write the check for that, just like we do with NATO. So it just says yet another boondoggle where we get we have our priorities all out of whack, and you know we're not doing what's best for the American taxpayer, and it's deeply frustrating. 
Matt Mayer is our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow Matt on Twitter at Ohio. Matt, read his substack, The Patriot Mind. Search it, The Patriot Mind, Matt Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. Speaking of spending, you have been a longtime critic of Medicaid expansion in the state of Ohio, and you had another thread on it this week on your Twitter feed. Tell us about where we are with Medicaid expansion and how much of the state budget it is getting to start to consume. You know, Medicaid expansion happened in 2013 under John Kasich, and he promised it that you know, there would only be about 277,000 enrollment, uh, people who would enroll, and it wouldn't cost as much as, you know, that they thought because, of course, you know, the feds were going to pay for it, right? Well, here we are now, 10 years later. There are 3.5 million Ohioans on Medicaid. It is swallowing more than 50% of the budget. And since expansion, we are now nearing a million new enrollees. So way above what John Kasich said. And actually, I predicted back in 2013, it would be close to about a million. So, uh, you know, again, once again, I'm right. John Kasich's wrong. Shocker. And so what that's doing is it's swallowing other priorities, right? When we have that kind of money, we're at a budget now that I think last year's closed at $38 billion for Ohio, which is a 43% increase from 10 years ago. And Oof. if you do the math, that's about Oof. a 4.3 annual increase. When, by the way, keep in mind, Bruce, for most of that period of time, inflation was below you know, 2%. So the budget in Ohio has grown twice of what inflation or more over the last decade. And so now we're you know, approaching a $40 billion state budget with half of that going to Medicaid uh, because we're funding healthy, single uh, Ohioans who are essentially choosing either not to work or we allow their employer to shift their health care costs onto the taxpayer because they don't want to do it. Wow, that's that's awful. Matt Mayer is our guest. He's with OpportunityOhio.org, and he used to work in Homeland Security for the Bush administration uh, in the aftermath of 9-11. I have uh, a couple ways I want to go with this. First of all, there are reports out now that, the and we know they've been doing this, the Biden administration is busing migrants from the southern border to Tennessee. They're flying them all over the country. Saw the other day El Paso allows migrants to sleep in the airport if they have a flight within 12 hours. Where they're flying, who knows? Where they get the money for their flights, who knows? Having worked in Homeland Security, like, how does this pass muster other than the Biden, uh, whoever's above Homeland Security is saying, we're doing this and you are on board with it. But from a Homeland Security perspective, or at least in the ideal world, Homeland Security perspective, this couldn't be uh, more of a threat to Homeland Security from where I sit. But you have the background in this. Tell me what your view of it is. Yeah, look, the, the, the threat of an open border, right, is, is what gets it's across that we don't know. I mean, it, it, the easy part are the, are the people that we apprehend that, you know, are, might be migrant workers, right? It, it, the issue we have an open border is what's coming across, right? That's the fentanyl that's killing, right, thousands of Ohioans, right? That is the, the human trafficking where these poor women are being essentially t- taken hostage, are moved every six weeks across U.S. cities where they are hoard out for, you know, 20 forced rates a day, that's what's happening, right? It's the terrorists that are getting across, and we know they are because we've apprehended over uh, um, terrorists from at least seven, 70 different countries on watch list we've apprehended in the last year. So we know there are folks getting across. Well, what else is coming across, right? Is, is a dirty bomb coming across? Uh, is a biological weapon coming across, right? Are, are just good old-fashioned, you know, uh, IEDs coming across? We don't know. And, and that's, the, that's the difficult part from a Homeland Security standpoint is, the what we don't know is coming across because we know it is coming across, right? We just don't know what is and at what volume. 
Okay, so the other thing, and I, I, I know I probably people who followed me on Twitter yesterday think I'm a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat guy, but I found old video online of Senator Frank Church, of people in the 1970s, because uh, about the, the nefarious cooperation between FBI law, quote-unquote law enforcement and spying on American citizens, and these latest Twitter files have just outed how cozy the relationship is between the FBI, Twitter, the Department of Defense, and Twitter. You were on the inner workings of Homeland Security back when, I think, we all didn't think our government would use the Patriot Act against us. But long view now that you can look back and see why it originated and the necessity of it then and what it has become and what it has become a tool for. Having worked in it, I'd just like to get your perspective on what you're learning from the Twitter files and the relationship of FBI basically ordering Twitter to censor and spy on Americans. Yeah, it's deeply, it's deeply scary, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff we thought would never happen, and, and here it is happening. And, and look, the, the left or, or my you know liberal friends in the audience, they can ignore the Twitter files, but the, the evidence is there that there was absolutely censoring, suppression, and spying going on through Twitter, and probably we don't know yet because we can't get the files from Facebook, but we know it probably was happening to Facebook and YouTube. And so this is the problem, right? You know, let's go back to the, the most popular known issue, which is Carter Page in the FISA court warrants against Carter Page. You know, the, 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 the goal was not to get Carter Page. You have to understand, what, what the FBI and Department of Justice was doing with the FISA warrants to, to spy on Carter Page was it, it's, a, it's a two-touch rule. Once you get Carter Page, you can then get two bounces away from Carter Page in all the email and communications of those people that were two, two touches away from Carter. And so that's where they were trying to get from Carter, the higher-ups against Trump, Trump's campaign, possibly Trump himself. That's the part that's dangerous, because remember, the whole FISA process, Bruce, requires goodwill, meaning there's, it's not an adversarial process. There's no uh, you know, defense counsel arguing against the warrants that are being requested. It requires good faith by the FBI, good faith by the Department of Justice, and good faith by the FISA judges. If there's good faith lacking in any of that, which, as we now know from the Russia hoax, you know, in Kevin Kleinfeld's plea deal, that he was changing FISA warrant applications because he knew they wouldn't award him if he didn't fudge the, the document. So when the judge reviewed it, we had a bad faith FBI and bad faith DOJ, and that's the problem. Is good faith is required, and it is clear based on the Twitter files, the number of FBI, CIA, DNI employees that were jumping back and forth between the FBI and the three-letter agencies and, and Twitter, and that they were embedding themselves into Twitter and what was going on there, that there was bad faith run amok all over Twitter, the FBI, DOJ, and we're going to need something like the Church Commission in order to kind of dig into this and get this thing fixed because, you know, today it's the Republicans, today it's the right being investigated, but I hope the left realizes tomorrow it could be them, and that's why we have to stop this now from any American having their privacy violated by federal government. Yeah, this is the quintessential demonstration of where the phrase uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely comes from. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. Great to have you. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and we'll talk to you again next year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Have a great new year, everybody. Okay, we appreciate Matt Mayer coming on the show, and Matt mentioned something that you might have said, wait a minute, what is that? The Church Commission. So I'm going to tell you what the Church Commission is, and you're going to hear from the gentleman after whom the commission is named momentarily. But first, to update you on stories, 
Uh, Channel 10 now reporting that a be on the lookout alert called a BOLO alert has been issued for five states surrounding Ohio in the search for the uh, five-month-old Kaysen Thomas. He and his twin brother were taken in a car that was stolen Monday night from a Donato's in the short north. Uh, They're looking for a 24-year-old woman who has been uh, spotted on store security tape and has had previous brushes with the law. Nala Jackson, and um, I hate to tell you, but one of the brushes with the law that she has had is that she was um, charged with child endangerment. Her 11-month-old daughter uh, was injured in a fall downstairs. I'm trying to be very precise with my language. Uh, She was sentenced to 13 days in prison and two years probation, and she was still on probation at the time of this crime on Monday night, which we believe involves her. The second boy was found in his car seat, but not in the car, at 4.37 a.m. at the Dayton Airport. So it's a stolen 2010 Honda Accord missing its front bumper. An Amber Alert was issued five hours after the boys were taken, and we've discussed the... uh, nature that that needs to be figured out why and questions answered and new procedures put in place to get that out much quicker. So there is that. And Pam also tells me that the uh, county from which we originate the show every day is now part of the winter storm watch for the big weekend storm that's coming. Yes. Late week storm. I'm just looking at the National Weather Service map and you can go to weather.gov. And that takes you to the main National Weather Service. If you click on Ohio, you can see anything in Ohio or other counties, for that matter, or other states. Uh, but right now, they have changed that uh, that line. Basically, included like Morrow County and North was in the Winter Storm Watch. Mm-hmm. Now, the Winter Storm Watch is basically uh, as we sixty we miles hear south. Them, we well, we hear them yeah. say the a line along I seventy one. It's a diagonal from Cincinnati up toward Erie, Pennsylvania, and beyond. So they've expanded it just in the last five minutes or so. So just be aware if you're traveling. Okay. So what is the Church Commission? Uh, Frank Church was an Idaho senator. In 1975, he appeared on Meet the Press, and he said this. In the need to develop a capacity to know what potential enemies are doing, the United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. Uh, These messages uh, are between ships at sea. They could be between units, uh, military units in the field. We have a very extensive capability of intercepting messages wherever they may be in the airwaves. Now, that is necessary and important to the United States as we look abroad at enemies or potential enemies. We must know. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide If this government ever became a tyranny, if a dictator ever took charge in this country, 
the technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny. And then Now, I stopped him there because I don't think that tyranny is what we envision such a tyranny to be. I don't think it's one person we elected and, wow, they went rogue. I don't think it's Donald Trump. I don't even think it's Joe Biden. I think it's worse than that. I think it's the unelected people who ascend to offices and who may not have total tyranny because they're not in charge of everything, but they're in charge of their little corner of the world. And whether they're doing what they're doing for noble purposes or innoble purposes, I don't know, but I know it gets innoble, not noble, nefariously so, when the FBI is collaborating with Twitter and other big tech firms, I am sure, to step in and influence both the 2016 and 2020 presidential election. Didn't throw the result of the 2016 presidential election in the direction that the FBI would have preferred, which would have been toward Hillary Clinton, but it nevertheless influenced it. And I certainly think it influenced it in 2020. So how did that happen? How did we go from what Frank Church was warning about in 1975 to an FBI that thought it was perfectly fine to put its foot on the scales. Interestingly enough, yesterday I was listening to the Megyn Kelly podcast, and it's History Week, and they were doing a retrospective on the assassination of Ronald Reagan attempt, the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. Three months into office, he was shot outside a hotel in Washington, D.C. Many of you remember it. Tom Baker was the first FBI agent on the scene at that particular event. And after Tom Baker talked about the Reagan assassination and the aftermath of that and John Hinckley Jr., Megyn Kelly asked him a question about today's FBI and what a veteran agent like Tom Baker thinks about today's FBI getting involved in presidential elections and favoring one party over another and how that possibly could have happened. Tom Baker took us back to the first days of Robert Mueller being head of the FBI a few days after the Islamic terrorists attacked New York City the Pentagon, and brought down Flight 93. And he talked about a meeting between Bob Mueller and then-President George W. Bush. Each time something goes wrong, they point out that the people have been fired or disciplined, which, which is as it should be. My, my contention is they have to look at, and I, I, plead, I plead with them to look at what's happened. Why, why do we have this happening, continuously happening? What's happened to the culture? And in talking to a whole lot of people, including Director Mueller, who told me this himself and told many other people this, I think a lot of it goes back to uh, an unintended consequence of the reaction to September 11th. We will finish that thought and tell you what was said in that meeting between George W. Bush and Robert Mueller in the aftermath of 9-11 and how it has spiraled out of control with the FBI today. That is next, and I'll have some thoughts upon... An iconic Christian music artist saying things that are really, really dangerous. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.